on today's episode of the Blue Bloods. I'm literally itching, uh, just waiting for football to come back into my life. Uh, day two, it's not going so well. Uh, but this is our recap of Rivalry Week. This is part two episode. Um, we had one that came out yesterday, so if you missed that, be sure to go back and listen to it. We have three episodes coming out this week. We have another uh, one coming out tomorrow, and that is going to be our preview episode for Championship Weekend. So, um, anyway, yeah. So, we have pick six recap, things we missed, top performers, coaching carousel. Oh, that's a whole new segment. Zach thought it up. He didn't tell me what it is, so that one will be fun for sure. Uh, and we'll cap it all off with Dead to Me. So, let's go ahead and get this episode kicked off. start this episode out we have our pick six recap uh part two and these are the interesting games so hold on tight with the first game that we had uh we've got number 24 virginia tech who visited virginia um and zach i know you had virginia tech i know you had faith in them my question to you is why I mean, it looked really good. I mean, if it wasn't for a late fumble recovery, man, I mean, this game is what, a two-point game? I mean, sure, but, like, Virginia still wins if it's a two-point game, so. I mean, I I got you. I got you, man. I mean, they had a rough start. I mean, the first half was not a good one for, you know, Virginia Tech, but, you know, the second half they turned it around. But, you know, I, I don't think – even you picked Virginia, I don't think you saw Bryce Perkins putting up the performance he put up this weekend. I mean, that kid played out of his mind. 300 yards passing, 164 rushing, three total touchdowns. I mean, this kid was making plays the entire game. No, yeah, he had a, he had a big game for sure. Uh, let's not praise him too much in the air right now because he had one touchdown and one interception uh, passing. You know, he had a great ground game. He was their leading rusher at, like, per usual. That's how it usually happens with this Virginia team. Uh, 19 carries for 164 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty good. Uh, I won't lie to you there. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, uh, Virginia Tech's quarterback, uh, Hooker, uh, first name, who knows. All, we ma- all that matters is that his last name's Hooker. Ha, ha, get it. Um, 311 yards in the air. I mean, he had the same amount. Uh, of yards passing as Bryce Perkins did on two or on two three fewer passes uh, but he had those two interceptions that were apparently pretty costly in this game well, I mean turnovers in general were costly I mean Virginia Tech had four turnovers and one sealed the game I mean people forget Virginia Tech had the ball with about a minute left only down by three yeah, uh, some people just don't even know that. Like, it's not even that they forgot it. It's just that they didn't watch this game because it was uh, what's the word? I'm like, boring. That's the that's the word. <laughs> I was like, boring. It was Virginia, Virginia Tech. What else are you doing on Friday after Thanksgiving? Uh, maybe Apple Cup, or maybe 
one of the other million games that came on Friday while I was driving. Uh, man, this came on at 11 o'clock. The Apple Cup went until 3. I don't Dude, want any who, excuses. Who's waking up the day after Thanksgiving at 11 o'clock? Who's doing I don't know. I'll, I who's actually watched this game, Brandon, because I'm definitely going to get into the podcast. Kind of stupid. I just did my research. And, uh, I mean, uh, if I didn't tell you, didn't listen to it, you wouldn't have known. Or didn't watch it, you wouldn't have known. I know you better than that. I knew you didn't watch this game. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate you. Our, list, your our, our listeners might not, but, you know, I think Charlottesville might have redeemed itself. Uh, the atmosphere in this game was insane. And, you know, I don't know. So you guys can go look this up yourselves. They had the quickest storming the field I've ever seen, dude. It was like <laughs> the, the last second ran off the clock and everyone was on the field in like 0.2 seconds. It was amazing. I, I suggest putting some shrubs around this field <laughs> because it makes it a lot. Uh, yeah, we will get into that a little bit later. But I think <laughs> that they stormed the field entirely too quick, man. It was insane. I know you didn't watch the game. I would suggest all of our listeners and Brandon look this up because they set a record for like the 40-yard dash. Yeah, see, you, you mentioned that Charlottesville redeemed itself. Uh, maybe problematic. Who knows? I try to remove myself as much as I can from Charlottesville. That's why I didn't watch the game. Uh, very protesting. I'm, I'm, I'm anti. Uh, what, what am? What even am I? I'm like anti. What are they? It's like just Nazis. Yeah, maybe Nazis. Who knows? Uh, anti first anti Nazi podcast this world has ever seen. That's us, the Blue Bloods. Mark it down. Do what you need to do. Um, no, I mean, but both of these quarterbacks had fairly impressive games, if you can call it that. Uh, Bryce Perkins certainly did. Oh, especially with the ground game. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm interested to see how he matches up with Clemson this upcoming weekend. Yeah, we'll it get, won't be good. It won't be good. I mean, we'll get more into it, but, I mean, that's it's a dangerous combination when you have a quarterback that can run like Bryce Perkins can. But, you know, I'm really – I mean, Virginia clinched the ACC Coastal with this win. I mean, Virginia Tech with their four turnovers. Could you imagine this turnover, you know – prone team facing a Clemson defense it wouldn't be pretty um can you imagine this this interception prone quarterback facing a Clemson defense uh, I'm talking about Bryce not, Perkins here it's gonna be bad. not great it's gonna be bad. it's not gonna be great I mean I think I think last time I looked I mean we'll we'll preview this game tomorrow guys but I think it was like a, almost a 30 point spread yeah yeah it, it's it's we'll, we'll talk about tomorrow Anyway, so let's go ahead and move on for now. Um, our next matchup that we had was Texas A&M visiting uh, number two, LSU. Still number two. Don't know why. Anyway, um, this game, if I, if I had one word to describe it, domination. This game wasn't even – there was not a second in this game where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of nervous. I'm kind of nervous for LSU right now. I was never nervous. Uh, yeah, uh, if you were nervous, like I was going to ask what you were doing because um, you uh, should not have been nervous at all. No, um, I mean, just I mean, out of the gate, LSU, 21 nothing in the first quarter, 31 nothing at halftime. They gave up a touchdown, sure, whatever. But LSU's defense really, I mean, just total 360 here. Or 180. What is it, 180? I'd say 180. It's, yeah, it's a 180 because 360 would just mean they were in the same as before. Well, to be fair, they probably did like a two – they probably did – what's less than a 270? I, got a two seven, a I don't 270, know. 270, and then this upcoming weekend they'll probably make the full 360 and just not show up for Georgia. 
that's a whole different uh, story. Well, we'll see. I mean, that they did a hell of a job, man, holding A&M to only 169 yards. Yeah. Kellen, Kellen Mond threw 30 passes and had 92 yards and three interceptions. Three interceptions. That's Kellen Mond. Not great. That's not a great look. What happened? I mean, I mean, last year, Kellen Mond looks like, in a, I mean, just a great quarterback. Then all of a sudden, I mean – and this isn't like it's new, and I've been I've been kind of chalking it up to they've been playing really great opponents and really good defenses. This is LSU's defense we're talking about. Not incredible by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and Kellen Mond, I mean, 30, 30% passing. 30% passing, 92 yards, three interceptions. That's just bad. Not a great look. No, I mean, their, their leading receiver was literally their running back. Yeah, with three receptions. <laughs> three receptions, 45 yards. Pretty good, 45 yards on three receptions. Uh, but you know what's – well, you know what actually is – what else is pretty good is 66 yards on 11 carries. They should have just given this guy the ball every single play. Well, I mean, they weren't going to win anyway. I mean, Jamar Chase had 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Yeah, but at some point, if your quarterback has passed the ball 30 times and has 10, rece- has 10 uh, catches – I mean, stop throwing the ball. Joe Burrow hardly had 30. I mean, he had 32 passes this game, 32 attempts, and he didn't play the full game. Kellen Mond, I mean, Kellen Mond didn't play the full game either, uh, I guess, to be fair. But just stop stop letting him throw the football. Uh, maybe retire Kellen Mond. We, we don't know what you should do. He, he has a lot to work on uh, on the offseason. Is he still a sophomore no, come or is he a junior? I th- I think he's a junior. Yeah, he's not getting drafted, though. So, yeah, he'll be back. No, but, I mean, this Texas A&M team will not take that step forward that everyone expects them to with Jimbo Fisher until Kellerman gets it together. If Kellerman has another year like he did this year, this Texas A&M team is going to be in real, real trouble. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, anyway, I, I mean, this game was, I mean, just beginning to end, just total domination for LSU. Uh, great yes. showing from on both sides of the ball. Joe Burrow, beautiful. Uh, I mean, I mean, even Miles Brennan um, with his first touchdown of the season. Well, I mean, a great moment out of the gates. Joe Burrow coming out with the Burrow jersey with the EAUX. Beautiful moment. Could I mean, they? Could they really lose when that happened? No, there was no way it would. He needs to do it again next week. Because. I was about to say the same thing. He just used <laughs> to do that for the rest of the year. Yeah, every single game from now on. Um, so, yeah, uh, great job. And, and let's talk about Jamar Chase real quick. Seven receptions, 197 yards, and two touchdowns. How does this guy not win uh, Blitnikoff? How? Uh, I don't know. I mean, all I know there was a lot of people mad that, you know, Jerry, Judy, and, you know, some of the Alabama wide receivers weren't in consideration. But – I think Jamar Chase has been the best wide receiver in the SEC, and it might not even be a debate. So, I think he deserves it. I don't understand how people don't talk about LSU's receivers more. And this isn't – even if I wasn't an LSU fan, I think I'd have to recognize them. Maybe I wouldn't be saying Jamar Chase for Blitnikoff. But, I mean, this wide receiving core of Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Terrace Marshall, I I mean, those three wide receivers, that that has to be – I don't want to say best wide receiving core in the nation, but that's what I mean. They, that, that group is something else. And if Justin Jefferson decides to spend another year in Baton Rouge, just watch out for next season. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, 
this LSU team has a huge game that's coming up weekend against Georgia, and they could have been caught looking ahead, but they put up their – I think this might have been their best performance of the year. All around, yeah, absolutely. Uh, both sides of the ball. They put up the 50-burger. They put up the 50-burger with the safety at the end. Beautiful moment. Um, Amazing. So, yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and move Coach on. Co- before- Co- no, wait, wait. Coach O's doing special things in Baton Rouge, man. Coach, you know, Coach O was pissed at the end of the game, too. Because they were they were about to end the game in, in LSU fashion where they just let uh, they let their opponent score a garbage time touchdown at the very end. And that's the reason why most of their games have been closer than they should be because of gar- these garbage time touchdowns. Um, and he was pissed off when, when he thought that A&M was going to score with like two minutes left. So that was you. You got you got to love to see it. I mean, he's a defensive-minded yeah. coach, and he comes out this year with a spread offense. I made fun of them. I made fun of LSU. I made fun of Coach Spread Ogeron, as they called him before the season started. But this is the best thing they could have done. I, oh yeah, I completely agree. I mean, he it it was the best decision of his career, and it's going to make him a lot of money and maybe get him a national championship this year. Also, you know, I'll take it back. I'm going to save this for things we missed, but the Joe Brady situation is just—it's hilarious. Um, I'll hit him with it later. All right, all right. Next matchup, we have Oklahoma visiting Oklahoma State, Um, and for some reason, in my notes when I was picking winners, I wrote Oklahoma in all caps, and so I don't—I don't know what that was about. Um, This game from the start, I mean. Not, I mean, I guess, I guess they were tied in the first half, but other than that, Oklahoma just kind of ran away with it, which is insane to me because I really thought this game was going to be closer than this. Uh, I think the spread was what, 14. No way I thought they'd cover that. Uh, I even think I said that in the preview episode. I was like, There's no chance, but Oklahoma State did what they do best. Um, they're, they're playing with their backup quarterback because, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Spencer Sanders. Yeah, the bum. Uh, the bum sat out. He's injured. So, Drew Brown, 200 yards, one interception. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, they found a way. This 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 Oklahoma defense found a way to stop him. Um, and by stop he, him, I mean he only had 104 yards. But that's That's insane. Chuba. That's insane that that's stopping him and him having a bad game. No joke. I mean, this guy's the truth. I mean, uh, but the, the difference in this game, though, really and truly – was the red zone it was who scores touchdowns and who kicked field goals Oklahoma scored touchdown after touchdown Oklahoma State could not get in the end zone and settle for field goals and you're not going to beat Jalen Hurts in this Oklahoma team by by kicking field goals no you're not uh something crazy real quick Chuba Hubbard's a sophomore so keep that in mind for next season so Chuba for Heisman who knows uh, and and Tyler Wallace is only a junior, so he might come back too. And Spencer Sanders is a redshirt freshman. They're all coming back. I don't know in what world um, Tylen Wallace <laughs> comes back to Oklahoma, but I guess there's a possibility. You never know, man. You never know. I mean, I think he's like first round talent, but uh, anyway. uh, it depends. I don't know. You have a lot of good wide receivers coming out this year, man. He might be better sitting out yeah. one year. CD Lamb. Uh, Tylen Wallace, uh, that guy from USC, what's his name? Pitts? G- Pittman? Yeah, Jerry Judy is coming out. Justin Jefferson might. Um, at the yeah, beginning of the season, it didn't look like he would, but he might. That's what I'm saying, man. There's some good wide receivers. Yeah, anyway. Coming uh, out. But, yeah, I just 
I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't have a spectacular game. No, he in didn't. My opinion. It's surprising. He wasn't the leading rusher for once. Dude, I was about to say, Kennedy Brooks, where was he all year? I don't think they've been using him. I think they've just had Jalen Hurts. I guess he might. He's been I guess he's ball. been I guess he's been hurt, but Kennedy Brooks, man, 160 yards rushing, a touchdown. I mean, he had a great game, but I think he might have cost Jalen the Heisman, man. I don't think he meant to, but uh, these stats aren't going to win the Heisman, Jalen. You need to do better. And unless you come out and smack Baylor, I don't even know if he gets to New York. Jalen, I I still believe in you. I think you'll be in New York, and I think that – I mean, he caught – did you see him catch the touchdown pass this weekend? Yeah, I did. It was like a fake reverse, and they passed – I mean, that's kind of cool. That's just cool. Cool moments from Brandon's brain is what we're doing right now. C.D. Lamb, only 36 yards this game. Not a great look. I mean, he only had four – he only had four catches. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. I mean, I guess they decided to stick with a run game for the first time this season because Jalen Hurts, I mean, he only passed the ball 16 times. Uh, Brooks had 22 carries. So, yeah, I mean, they definitely decided to rely on the run game for some reason. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, Oklahoma sets themselves off, sets themselves up for a playoff chance now, man. They just got, they beat Baylor and pray that Utah either loses or the committee likes them more. And, you know, Oklahoma needed to make a statement. I don't think they really made it this weekend. I think they needed to come out here and beat Oklahoma State convincingly. And they they faced, they faced a beat-up Oklahoma State team, and I don't think they looked amazing in this game. So I don't think they made a huge statement to the committee. So I think Oklahoma this next weekend is going to be huge for this team. Right, absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. We had Wisconsin and Minnesota in uh, – what is this? This is like the Paul – they get like the Paul Bunyan axe or whatever. Is there like a name for this game? I don't no. think there's a name. I know they get like the Paul Bunyan axe, though. Yeah, kind of, kind of a weird thing to do, but go off, do whatever you need to do. Uh, Wisconsin looked dominant, to say the least. Agreed. I mean, agreed. I mean, I mean I, dude, Jack Cohen finally delivered a game, man. He was go. the best player on the field, man. I mean, almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, and he's the biggest factor they won. I mean, Jonathan Taylor didn't have a great game. Which is insane because, uh, I mean, he's usually the one carrying this team. Uh, and I do think that Jack Cohen had a great game. But even better than uh, than Cohen, I would have to say, is his receiver, Quintez Cephas. I mean, five receptions for 114 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that, that, that's a big chunk of those receiving yards right there. I agree. But, I mean, I, and, like, the biggest thing for Jack Cohen does not turn the ball over. I mean, that is so big in games like this. And Wisconsin needs Jack Cohen to play like this this upcoming weekend against Ohio State, or that game could just get ugly again. So Jack Cohen is finding the perfect time to get hot right now. Right, absolutely. Um, And this game is what caused Minnesota to get knocked down to 15 this week in the playoff rankings. So that – I mean, they dropped seven plays. There was a lot of movement this week. Uh, yeah, I cannot wait for tomorrow. Oh, man, that was – well, yeah, we'll talk about it in tomorrow's episode. Uh, we'll do our playoff reaction. But just insane. I mean, fun moves uh, like we just alluded to, and there's way more than that. So just hold on tight. We'll get to, uh, we'll get to that tomorrow. Um, 
Wisconsin's defense was really able to shut down the run game this weekend. That yes. was that was one of the be- that was one of the factors they needed uh, because yep. Tanner Morgan is going to do what Tanner Morgan does. He's going to be uh, a bald guy, and he's also going to throw for three hundred yards again. So I mean, that's just that's one of those things. But I, I mean, holding Tanner Morgan to uh, to two hundred ninety six yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. I mean, that, that's that's pretty good when you're playing against them. Uh, one of the I mean, one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country, really. Uh, and stopping this run game. I mean, that, Wisconsin's defense did what they needed to do and really should have held this Minnesota team to 10 points. Yeah, it was – this. the defense played just – I think this is the best, you know, defense they've played since the Michigan game. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And they did it, they did it on the road in the snow, held – Minnesota to 76 yards rushing. I mean, yeah, 76 yards rushing, forced two turnovers. I mean, that's how you win, you know, sloppy games like this. And Wisconsin needs to keep this momentum going. Uh, I was really impressed with them this weekend. I did not see this coming. Yeah, and this might be bad radio right now, but I'm watching I'm watching a highlight of, uh, of, of Quintez Cephas catching a touchdown in, like, the most beautiful snow I've ever seen. When I talk about how much we love snow games, this is the game I'm talking about, or at least this is the kind of game I'm talking about. Just beautiful, beautiful. If I had if I had every game like this, I'd probably never stop watching football. I'd probably just watch replays. Not <laughs> when football wasn't on. So yeah, um, kind of kind of a cool thing. So let's go and move on to our second to last matchup. We had the big game, or whatever you want to call it. It wasn't really that big this year. Um, Ohio State played Michigan and Ohio State stomped Michigan. I watched this full game, uh, and I really thought this game was going to be a good one in the, in the first half. I, <laughs> about that. Yeah, about that. About that. You know, uh, it's, you want to know what about that? Uh, J.K. Dobbins said uh, about that because uh, – So did Justin Fields. I mean – No joke. And just, so, so, so did Greg Wilson, and so did – uh, just everybody, man. I How mean, do you throw for 302 yards, four touchdowns on 14 receptions? That doesn't make sense. That shouldn't be illegal. Against a defense that hangs their hat on being a tough defense, opportunistic. 56 points? <laughs> ah, man. They allowed 577 yards, 28 first downs, and allowed Ohio State to con- convert on nine of their 15 third down uh, chances. One of the uh, commentators in this game was compared J.K. Dobbins to, and, and you watched it, Zach. Who did he compare him to? Do you do you remember? I do not remember. Emmett Smith. Which oh goodness! At first, I was like, oh no way, come on! And then I watched him carry thirty-one times for two hundred and eleven yards and four touchdowns. I was like, yeah, he he might be a little bit like Emmett Smith, honestly. So this this guy is just incredible. He's gonna be he, he's gonna be one hell of a player, man. I mean. Michigan has so much to be embarrassed about. They got beat by 29 points at home. <laughs> In the big house. Like, how do you uh, do that? You know, I can't wait for the announcement, Brandon. I've been telling you all year. What's that? When it says that announcement that's going to say, Jim Harbaugh steps down as the Michigan head coach. Uh, yeah, he might step down. He will not get fired. Let's let's go ahead. I'm gonna put that out. They there. should fire him, but they won't. They will not because dude, he is he he is the only coach in this rivalry, and this has been going on forever. That has started zero and five. 
that has ever been 0 and 5. Not, no, not. It's really bad. I was going to say not good, but it's just really bad at and, this point. And only one of the games were close. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. rest, they've been smacked. <laughs> really bad. Hey, let's play a fun game real quick, Zach. Uh, no cheating. What was the over under for this game before it started? Uh, I'd say yes. in the 50s. What exactly? Uh, say 55 or 6. It's 53, and Ohio State did that by themselves. So, oh, not a great look, Michigan. <laughs> Good for you, Ohio State. They scored really 14 points in every single quarter. I'm telling you, perfect game. It's like, uh, who scored seven in every quarter? You, you talked about that yesterday. Oh, uh, Cal. Cal, yeah, perfect game. 14 points every quarter. A little bit of overkill, but still a perfect game. Uh, proud of you guys. And to think that this, this Ohio State team, everyone talks about their defense. This offense is electric. That They're the most balanced team in the country. Uh, this team is Cal. really no, no. good. Yeah. Uh, this team, you know, I've been skeptical while they were above LSU. Uh, I'm not going to argue it anymore, man. This team is really, really good. And, you know, the whole college football world should thank Joe Burrow for improving like he did this year. Because if not, there's a chance that we could have three Ohio State players as the candidates for the Heisman. Because yeah. J.K. Dobbins, Justin Fields, and Chase Young all have – really really good arguments to be there yeah um yeah you're, you're absolutely right i was gonna say something i decided i'm gonna hold off and save it for things we missed as well along with the uh with the joe brady talk but yeah i mean fun game to watch until the end i guess but i'm i mean honestly i thought this game was gonna be a really good one and then i, I did too it looked really good when michigan busted out that first drive and yeah, then it just went it, downhill it, from there. Well, they were they were on like what like the five or six yard line, and then uh, fumbled the snap, and and uh, Ohio State recovered it. So, uh, I mean, oh. you can't you can't have that. You can't have these turnovers, and they didn't have they only had two turnovers, so not awful. But I mean, any turnovers are going to hurt you in this matchup every single time. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to our final game, and I would like to be the first one to announce this. We had number 12, Alabama, visiting number 11, Auburn. Those are the new rankings. So, all, all you Bama fans, go ahead and soak that one in. You're not in the top 10. Boo-hoo. Whatever. You're behind Auburn. So, that sucks for you. Uh, anyway, the best game of the weekend, and it's not close. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, this is going to be real hard to talk about, man. Holy crap. Um, I just want to say, war damn, Eagle. Uh, that's it. I let tough. that one it out. Really hard. That 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 is where I'm at right now. I'm still pumped about this game. I find, I think I've watched the highlights of this game like at least thirty times. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, this was the game of the year, hands down. I don't care what anyone says. I thought Alabama was going to run away with it <laughs> the second that they scored twenty eight points in the second quarter. I was like, oh yeah, that's probably it. That's dude, probably game. All- Auburn scored 20. There were 48 points scored in the second quarter. No, good quarter. Great quarter of football. Let's not. Let's not. That uh, might have been the best quarter of football of all time. <laughs> it had me, like, my heart racing. Um, anyway, so that I really, you know, 
I, I don't okay. know why. There was like uh, a point halfway through the second quarter where I was like, yeah, they'll probably score the same amount of points in the second quarter. So uh, I, I did not bet on this game, but I certainly did put some uh, place a fake bet on it. And I put all my points, like all like 3,500 points that I had accrued throughout the game on this game, on these two teams tying the second quarter. Turns out they didn't do that, so I didn't win the 42,000 points I thought I was going to. Uh, so if, you, if you're if willing to send thoughts and prayers my way, that would be much appreciated. Um, thank you, everybody, in advance. Uh, dude, the over-under on this game was 50. Yeah, I mean, it was close to being and, under. And, yeah, it was very close. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to be the first to say I am very biased. Mac Jones has nothing to be ashamed of, man. That kid dude. played – out of his mind what did i tell you you asked how many you you asked me what mac jones had to do to win this game and my exact words to you i said 300 yards four touchdowns and that's what he did he threw for 335 yards and four touchdowns just insane yeah he just got so unlucky man both of his interceptions taken back for a touchdown I, I, that is tough i mean and you can't put that all on him one on the goal line you can, i mean it sucks, but I mean that that's kind of thing's gonna happen. And your third start ever against Auburn and maybe I mean you would say the best rivalry in college football, I would say one of the best, but uh I mean just insane and Man. Jordan Hare too in Auburn. So uh, it's not I mean that's I would, insane atmosphere. I wish I had the audio. Brandon, what did I say about this game on our preview episode last week? Uh beats me. I don't really listen to you. I, I said I picked Auburn because I think the Auburn defense is going to force Mac Jones into some mistakes, and Bo Nix was going to make enough plays to win this game, and that is exactly what happened. Bo Nix was very clutch this game. I'm not going to say he had an insane game, though. No, he didn't have a great game, but he he had the game he needed to have. I mean – Fair enough. He had he had a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, and the biggest thing he kept leading the Auburn to clutch drives when they needed it. Right. Yeah. For sure. And no turnovers is the most important stat of the day for Bo Nix. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, I mean, the the kid, for a true freshman, I think he's done really, really well. You know, keeping the ball out of the opponent's hand, and dude. Let me ask you, when's the last game this kid threw an interception? Was it last week? The the interception before halftime when he threw almost a Hail Mary at LSU. Really? He has not had an interception <laughs> since the first half since the first half of LSU. And that was before halftime when he threw a Hail Mary. His last actual interception was all the way at Florida. Uh, what you listen, you could have told me that it was like this game and I would have believed you. So, so Bo Nick secretly getting really, getting really good at keeping the ball. And the thing that makes my heart so happy, Brandon, is that all the Bama fans before the game were calling him Bo picks and their quarterbacks the one that threw two pick sixes. And it just makes my heart happy. Yeah. I love, I love to see it. I, you know, they hate to see it. This is the stuff I live for. Yeah, um, I, I just read the name Seth Williams. Uh, how about that? What, what what was going on there? Why why did he try to pick a fight? Uh, I don't know. Bro. You I, he, well, did you hear well, it? Seth. Well, <laughs> <laughs> were you that close? 
No, I was I was on the other side of the field, but Seth Williams is from Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I know. So uh, he, they they he, made that very abundantly clear. Yeah. Well, you see, I was there, so I didn't get to hear the oh, announcers. It. But, you know, I feel like their emotions were running high for him, for sure, being from Tuscaloosa. But, yeah. you know, the, the, the two people I do want to give a shout-out to are Najee Harris and then especially Jalen Waddell. Because – Holy crap, if Alabama did not have Jalen Waddle, how out of hand would this game have gotten? Insanely. It's just because if he doesn't if he doesn't return that kickoff return, I think the whole dynamic of this game changes. Because people forget that kickoff return was on the play after the pick the first pick six by Mac Jones. Yeah. No, I mean that was super clutch. I mean, this kid is as underrated. I don't think a guy named Waddle should be allowed to be that fast, first of all, first and foremost. Dude, he is lightning. Like, so I was in the end zone where he caught the ball before his kickoff return. I blinked, and he was at, like, the other 20, and I was like, wow, he teleported. Yeah, he, he runs, like, a two six forty. Right. Um, <laughs> pretty Dude, good. Uh, this kid, amazing. Four touchdowns, you know, just insane. And, you know – the storyline of the game blows my mind, and I cannot believe I'm saying this. Even as an Auburn fan, if you would have told me this before the game, I would have probably just slapped you because you're wrong. Gus Malzahn outcoached Nick Saban this game, and I never thought I'd see the day where that happened. Yeah, this was a um, a big GIF Nick Saban game where people are going to just make these short videos of him almost throwing his headset. He didn't do it. We all wanted to see it, but he did not throw it. Well, it was very it. close. Didn't break. It was very he close. Threw it into like one of his assistants' hands, which smart move by Alabama. Um, having, I'm pretty sure that guy's entire job was just to catch Nick Saban's head simply through it. Probably. Yeah, so I mean, that's off. that's his that's his job description. But yeah, I mean, that last play where Al, where Alabama gets called for a legal substitution, that was a genius design by Gus Malzahn. I don't know. I, was that on purpose? Yes, he put the punter in as the wide receiver. No, I saw that, but I'm pretty sure they were just lining up. They were going to try to draw them off sides, I thought, and then they were going to shift into uh, punt formation. But, I mean, that wasn't – I'm pretty sure that's what he was trying to go for. I don't think that he was banking on 12 players being on the field. Uh, it happened, though, and that, that is a better coaching move. Yeah, I mean – for sure. <laughs> um, and then and then the whole one second thing at halftime, oh the God. fact that he had his – the fact – no, because I was at the game and everyone got mad and was like, there's no way to get a field goal off in one second. What Auburn did is while they were reviewing it, the kicking team was lining up during the review. So even when the ref was standing behind the ball, the, the center had the ball in his hands and he was ready. That is genius coaching and that is genius being ready for the moment. Look, I'm glad that Auburn won, but geez, dude, I, we did not need any more one-second talk. Um, it, I know that you were at the game and you couldn't hear Gary Danielson the entire game, but, I mean, it was seriously every other thing that he said was something about one second. I mean, even oh, before Lord. that, he was talking about the kick six for the entire game, um, and then, like, just if you, that wasn't enough for you, as soon as they kicked that field goal with a second left, I mean, all hell broke loose. That was that right. was his green so, light to go ahead and use that for oh, the rest God. of his life. He's the he's the worst. I'm kind of glad I was there instead of having to listen to the CBS broadcast. But I hate Gary Daniels. You know, can't stand him. This is my beef that's starting with Gary Danielson right now. <laughs> CBS, do what you want about it. 
And I think Gary Danielson's the reason I hate Tony Romo because they remind me of each other, and I hate it. I hate him. I hate both. Tony Romo is a fire announcer. I hate Tony um, Romo. No, no, get out of here. That's because you're a Saints fan and you're trash anyway. No, that's not why. But... No, it's not why. It's because <laughs> Tony Romo doesn't leave anything to the imagination. Before every single play, he calls exactly what's going to happen. And, yeah, maybe he's a smart guy, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when he tells me what's going to happen beforehand because that just ruins it for me. Okay, yeah, I want to be surprised enough. Okay. every now and then. Okay. <laughs> All right, I, I got your point. I got your point. Um. I guess it's the analytics guy. I have a different appreciation for it. Yeah, you're just boring uh, but, and you're a nerd. And, and so I, someone loves you. I just don't know who. Right? Uh, you know, maybe my dog sometimes if I give him a treat. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I have two final takes from this game. We can move on. Um, first, we have a pretty wide reach here, Brandon. We have listeners. Uh, we, you know, we have listeners in a, multiple states. You know, we have a good bit of listeners right now, right? Right. I need to put out an MIA missing in action. I need to find number 15's head that got knocked off on the game-winning touchdown drive because yeah. uh, homeboy got smacked. Homeboy. Dude, did you – I mean, you watched the game on TV. I mean, that oh, yeah. that was disgusting. That That should have been illegal what that kid did to him. I, I don't know. I probably broke a world record. Uh, you talked about the Virginia fans storming the field that quickly. I don't think I've ever stood up so quickly when that happened. I was, like, looking around, like, did anyone else see that? And, and then I mean, my fiancé was like, I thought that was the ball. I'm like, no, that was that man's head. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the kid's name is – so Xavier McKinney is, like, 6'2", over 200 pounds, and the guy who knocked it off is 5'7", yeah. 170 pounds. Yeah, low man wins. Uh, everyone saw it coming. Dude, I mean, he knocked him out. And my final thought is, war, damn eagle. Suck it, Bama fans. Suck You're, it. Suck it. Y'all, back to irrelevance. I don't want to hear from a single Bama fan for the rest of the year. War, damn eagle. Yeah, uh, that's – okay, well, that's that. That's our pick six recap, uh, <laughs> pick 12 recap, or whatever you want to call it this week. Uh, we finally Just, finished it. Our pit chaos, I don't yeah, know. Whatever. We're, we're on something else. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to things we missed. Zach, do your thing. You didn't even tell me what games we're doing, so let's talk about it. We are not. Uh, so the first game we're going to look at, number 17, Iowa versus the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oh, no. Um, no, oh Iowa almost did it to us, man. They almost did it to us. Uh, they almost they almost let Nebraska become bowl eligible. I don't know. They, if, they're, if they don't call this game the Corn Bowl, they're missing out. Do they That's call it the Corn? No, they're not, so. and they, they, they should. I'm gonna Agreed. Go I'll start that one off. So, in the Corn Bowl, um, what Zach's referring to is Iowa. They would have gone to overtime with Nebraska had they not kicked a last-second field goal to end the game. <laughs> this 44-yard game-winning field goal. Um, I, I actually did see this game or I didn't see it. I, well, I listened to this game on the radio. I was driving, but just insane. Insanity is what I'll say. I mean, it just, uh, I can't believe, I mean, and I would needed a kickoff return to even get them back in the game in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, you know, Nebraska looked really good, you know, in this game, especially in the, especially in the third quarter. I mean, 
really, really good. And, you know, I I just can't believe – I mean, Adrian Martinez had 50 yards passing in an interception, and it's still almost won this game. I can't stand – I mean, this this is the guy you thought was going to lead Nebraska into uh, relevance. There's no chance. Mm. No way. That's not a great look, guys. I mean, this game was insane. Nate Stanley had a horrible game, too. 99 yards passing in an interception. I mean, this was just sloppy, disgusting, big-ting football. And I know some of y'all love that. We don't stand for this in the South. We saw what happened in our game. This is ridiculous. Ah, oh, well, you should be ashamed of yourself for even letting Nebraska think they can make a bowl game. Nate Stanley. You came so close to getting to getting canceled this week. Your name was almost <laughs> on a tombstone. You were going to end up in the dead to me graveyard. You you probably still deserve to be in that graveyard. Uh, probably ninety nine yards and an interception. Really, I thought probably. You were, I really thought you were decent. Turns out not. So uh, not 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 at all. You got lucky. You got lucky. You would have lost this game. Done for. You I won. think I was should drop out of the rankings. <laughs> they listen. I'm for that. I'm here for it. Like, you don't uh, have to convince me. But, yeah, so we'll move on to the next game. This was just horrible. I thought we should address it. The next one, you know, we're going to have to discuss this game for Brandon, you know. All right, yeah. I'm, I mean, sure, I'm sure you wouldn't want it any other way. We have Texas visiting Texas Tech. Oh, man. Oh, Ooh, you no, want to start this with you? We don't want to start this one off, beat up. We want to start this one off. We do have to do this. So, first thing, um, (laughs) I didn't know this game. So, here's here's how this game went for me. I didn't know that it was on Friday. I I for sure thought this game was on Saturday. And so, uh, my friend Trevor, I shouted him out on the last podcast. Texas Tech grad. I mean, good job. Uh, You went to school. Whatever. Cool. Um, I I was texting him. Because I was like, hey, I mentioned you on the pod. Is that all right? Um, I, I want to be able to put it out. Uh, and I kind of just asked him after the point or after the fact. And he's like, yeah, I heard it. Um, and you were way off. I was like, what do you mean I was way off? He goes, you chose Texas Tech to upset Texas? I said, yeah, why? Is that a bad pick? He's like, well, considering the game was last night and they got beat by 25 points. Yeah, I think it was pretty bad, Brandon. Um, so that's how I learned about it. Uh, so let's <laughs> – <laughs> that's how i learned that i was a moron um <laughs> wait did you pick it on the upset yeah this released off <laughs> this is one of my upsets of the week um i, oh, I feel like i should have known well, this game was on well, well which episode was it all was it all the first or second one <laughs> it was on the second or no the first one it was on wednesday, wednesday. oh god i'm about to cry holy crap yeah he was like considering Dude, I mean, no, your pick looked really good early. I mean, Texas Tech jumped up fourteen nothing. I watched yeah, this game. Yeah. Well, and so I was, I wasn't watching it, but I sure did read the game summary or the scoring summary. And I was, I was trying to go in order, trying to hold back. I was like, fourteen nothing. That looks pretty good. And then uh, Sam Ellinger um, <laughs> scores the touchdown as he does. Uh, missed the field goal. I was like, pretty good. They blocked it. Whatever. Uh, and from there, it was just downhill. For the most yeah, part. it got ugly in the second half, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, you guys let their leading wide receiver had six receptions for 200 yards. Yeah, I don't know who you guys is. Um, you, know. <laughs> you picked them. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a Red Raider. You 
Uh, Listen, I've done a lot of bad things in my life, but I'm not a Texas Tech Red Raider, and I live by that. That's true. Dude, you picked the team who was two and seven in conference play to beat Texas. Oh yeah, they they were four and seven to, uh, overall for this game, and not a I, good look, Brandon. Well, I was all in on horns down, and if you were all in on horns down, you would have backed me up, but you didn't. I don't sacrifice. I don't sacrifice my. Well, you're you're a, you're a closet <laughs> Texas fan. Everyone knows it. That's um, probably true. Probably yeah. true. But so, I will let. Bre- uh, but yeah. So what 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 are your things that I guess you missed? Um, well, wait, you're talking about with this game or other things? No, other things. Oh, the Joe Brady talk. Oh, yeah. So everyone knows Joe Brady, not an offensive coordinator, as most people think. They think he's the offensive coordinator at LSU. You'd be wrong. He's probably acting as the offensive coordinator. Um, I mean, he's a great – he came from the Saints. Uh, Before that, uh, I think he was with Penn State. Anyway, um, so he is LSU's pass game coordinator and just getting just hearing everybody's praises from the season because Joe Burrow has turned out to be the quarterback that he is. Um, it's probably thanks to him that LSU's spread offense is working so well. And so a lot of people are, are making him out to be uh, a head coach, head coaching candidate for this upcoming season. And when Coach O was questioned about this uh, in a press conference, he said, or not even, I don't even know if it's a press conference. He, he definitely mentioned it somewhere, um, asking what they're going to do if they lose Joe Brady. And he said, we don't have to worry about that. We're a step ahead. So I don't know what that means, but I know that I do trust Coach O. Um, and that, that probably means that they're like six steps ahead if he says they're one step ahead. So, yeah, he, he do they def, he's definitely the OC next year. I'll, I'll bet that. Uh, I mean, they've got Steve Ensminger um, as the OC right now, he was a former LSU quarterback. I don't know. They, they might do like a co-office uh, coordinator deal or something, but I don't, I don't think you can fire this guy. Um, or, or, yeah, I mean, maybe they can ask him to step down or whatever. Anyway. Plot twist or hiring Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow, just not even going to the NFL, just sticking around with LSU forever. I, I'm here for it, you know. Um, that, no, that would be an amazing story. Yeah, but I'm kidding. Go make your bag. Do what you need to do, Joe. Uh, Louisiana loves you, and that's where I'll end that one. And I was going to mention something else with my things I missed, and I cannot remember what it was. Do you remember what the conversation was going like when I said I had something else? <laughs> or like nah, when bro. I said it? Yeah, so. Kids, this is, what, this is what happens when you drink too much in college, guys. Uh, who drinks? Not not I. Anyway, so let's, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> let's move on. Um Let's see. What do we have next? We had things we missed, and now we've got top performers. performers. All right. I'm going to go first because I have a feeling that you picked some of the ones I picked. Um, uh, <laughs> my first one, Mr. Joe Burrow, Mr. Heisman himself. Great, great showing this weekend. Over 300 yards passing, uh, three TDs against Texas A&M. Um, and, and the reason I have him as my top performer, because this isn't – like these stats aren't even – I mean, they're impressive, but they don't surprise anybody anymore, or at least they shouldn't. Um, The reason I have him is because last year against Texas A&M was really when he started showing out. You could argue that uh, last year against Georgia was when we saw the first glimpses of what Joe Burrow could really be um, as a quarterback. But I think that it was this seven-overtime game where Joe Burrow was leading, I mean, just leading the charge, passing, leading the charge on his feet, 
Uh, but this game, I mean, 352 yards passing, three touchdowns. I mean, and that's through like three quarters because he didn't – He, I think he got taken out in the third quarter. So, leave him in. Who knows what happens. Joe Burrow. And and, and the reason – so, I've got him from his, for his stats. I've also got him just because he came out with the jersey and coolest thing I've ever seen. So, yeah, that's why he's my that- that was amazing. I, I still, if y'all don't build a statue and put that on the back of the statue, I, I will. I, I don't even know what I'll do to LSU, but it might not watch, be today, watch out. And it might not be tomorrow, but they will have it at some point. They did put billboards up today of 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 Joe Burrow. Um, it's with him with his jersey turned around, and he's pointing at the uh, at the Burrow on the back of his jersey. So those are all around Baton Rouge right now. That's amazing. Yeah, super cool. So. so what do you have? My top performer of the week is Lynn Bowden Jr. Okay. He is he is the Kentucky running back turned quarterback because all their quarterbacks got hurt. So they just put their running back into court in, into the quarterback role. He led Kentucky to a 45 to 13 win over Louisville. Huge win. And he had 284 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Okay. On 22 carries. I love That's that. pretty, pretty, pretty solid, right? Yeah. And I, I think this kid deserved a shout out, man. I mean, to be a established running back and have to just be the quarterback because everyone got hurt, that takes a lot of sacrifice. That takes a lot of work. This kid deserved it. Deserves a shout out. I figured after his big performance, leading Kentucky to a seventy-five record, his only loss as a starter, I believe, was to Georgia, and they only. You know, that's tough. I'm not going to, you know, rip him for that one. I mean, you can't expect your running back to come in as a quarterback and lead lead you to victory in Athens over the number four team in the country. But I think this kid deserves all the props in the world, and I can't wait to see him become a normal running back because if he's putting up 284 yards and four touchdowns out of position, I cannot imagine what this kid is going to do as a running back. Okay. Uh, Anybody else? And then finally, my last top performer is Kansas State. Pretty good. Uh, they they had a big twenty-seven to seventeen win over Iowa State to end the season, which officially makes them puts them at eight and four. This team was picked second to last in the Big Twelve, right ahead of Kansas, and this team just finished tied for third with a first-year head coach and a youthful team. I think Chris Kleiman deserves all the props in the world. I think Kansas State was one of the biggest overachievers of the season, and they deserve some praise. And watch out in the coming years because once Chris Kleiman starts to get this thing rolling, Kansas State could be a problem. Okay. Uh, I like it. Love it. Um, Can't get enough of it. So I'm going to go ahead and mention my last top performer of the week. And, Zach, you might not see this one coming. I've got Joseph Bulovus. Do you know who that is, Zach? Pretty, pretty, pretty big name Dude, for you, huh? He he is wanted for vandalism, man. He just destroyed uprights in Auburn, Alabama this weekend. Um, yeah, I think so. Did I say just Bulvas? I meant Tim Tebow. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just his apology. He posted an apology on Twitter yesterday or two days ago on Sunday. Uh, did you read this? I did. Yeah. So after reflecting on this game. I just wanted to express my apologies to the entire Crimson Tide Nation. Nobody was more disappointed than myself. 
regardless of the circumstances, that is a kick I should make in my sleep. And nobody is as big of a critic as I am of myself. To my fans, my coaches, and my teammates, I promise you, you will never see a guy work as hard as I will for the entirety of my career. Sounds a lot like Tim Tebow, right? Um, I- I'm going to go ahead and stop there because that's all you really need to know. He posted an apology on Twitter for missing a field goal. This guy, who has probably been a better kicker than the past, I would, I would, I would say 10 Alabama kickers, uh, misses this <laughs> one kick and, and goes full Tim Tebow, losing to Ole Miss on us. So, I don't know. That, that was, it was kind of corny in its own right. Uh, I understand this guy's probably kind of beat up, but um, I don't know. I, I had to make we definitely We definitely we def- we like to keep people when they're down. So, Dude. Mr. Bullivis, thank you for making my weekend. I hope you keep doinking them every year. Listen, if he would have turned this in in like an English class, which I'm sure he doesn't go to as <laughs> a place for Alabama, um, they would have marked him for plagiarism because – I mean, word for word, I think that you'll never see a guy work as hard as I will for the entirety of my career. Uh, that yep. was Tim Tebow. That was Tim Tebow's um, speech, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, but I have breaking news real quick. Go ahead. Um, USC has officially said they are retaining Clay Hilton. Oh, no. Oh, yep. no. USC, what, why? why? So why Clay Hilton will be back on the Trojan sideline next year. Why? That's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, what, what were they uh, seven and five this year? Or were they six and six? They were seven and five. Really? I mean, yeah. Still, they okay. Let's talk about it real quick because we just passed things we missed. This is definitely something we should have talked about then. No, actually, I take it back. Let's talk about this. Um, does it? Does this, is this going to fit in the coaching carousel? perfectly actually they went eight and four man really <laughs> they went seven and two in the pack 12 all right so let's go ahead and start this uh this segment out um uh, it was coming up next anyway so coaching carousel uh on my notes i just wrote I, I wrote the words just a mystery because i zach didn't tell me what this was so we're gonna figure it out together right now um i'm a fast learner so zach go ahead and introduce this um, tell us what it's about. so coaching carousel each week will be – we will talk about each coach that got fired. So what I'm going to do, tell you guys which team fired which coach, their record. And if they've hired someone, we're going to talk about what we give that – what we rate that hire for that team. And if they haven't, we're going to rate the job. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how good is this job for candidates to take? Okay. So Brandon's going to do this on the fly. Your boy already has rankings. So. Yeah, kind of cool. Uh, kind of cheated. Yeah, whatever. But Clay Helton is retained. We will see how that works out. I give that move a three because <laughs> they were eight and fourth. I thought they were seven and five. But, hey, finished second in the Pac-12. And the only game they lost to a non-ranked team was BYU on the road. Not a terrible loss. Not um, a good loss. Agreed. But So we'll start coaching carousel by talking about Willie Taggart, being fired from Florida State, nine and twelve in less than two seasons, not good enough. You know, Brandon, what would you rate this job, and what do you think about them firing Willie Taggart? So, am I going to rank? Am I going to rate like the job that Willie Taggart did there? Or am I going to rate no? The decision like how, Like if you were a candidate, if you were a candidate, how, like what what would you rank? Like your probability of like taking that job? So I've rated the job a nine. 
because the oh, ACC yeah. is the ACC is weak. You can, you should be able to recruit at Florida State. There's talent in around you. It should not be hard to get kids to come to Florida State. And you know what is I mean. Willie Taggart might be the only coach who's been at Florida State that really didn't succeed. So, I mean, the odds of you succeeding there would be really high. So, I think this might be probably the best job opening there is right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I think nine is just a little high. I'm going to go with like an 8.4, leave my options open. Um, I would go higher if this Florida State program was the program they were five years ago. If they, if Jimbo Fisher didn't just leave this, uh, leave the university in a recruiting mess because apparently he just stopped recruiting when he was when he decided he wasn't going to stay any longer. So, um, I mean, there's a reason that Willie. I mean, I don't, I don't think Willie Taggart's a good coach. I mean, I think he's actually a really bad coach. But um, he, I mean, the the job that Jimbo Fisher did before him certainly didn't help him out a whole lot. Um, no, definitely not. He didn't have I mean, any recruits coming yet. That's yeah, why, not great. That's why uh, – I forgot his first name. Uh, I know it's Jay. Jay Blackman. Um, James. James. I was going to say Jake. James Blackman. That's why they have him throwing interception after interception right now. Not not a great look. But, yeah, I, th- I think this is not a bad job at no, all. This, it's definitely an appealing job, and it's at Florida State. I mean, it's at – like I mean, it's our namesake. That is a blue blood program. That's – I mean, when you think about college football, like historically, you think about Alabama, you think about Florida State, you think about Ohio State. I mean, those are just, I mean, those are just some of the teams you think about. So, yeah. So next, we have Rutgers, who fired their coach Ooh. Chris Ash, eight and thirty-two record in four seasons. Brandon, not not a good look. Um, they hired Greg Schiano, though. Gross. Um, I give this a ten high rating. Really, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, Zach. Uh, I'm Dog, gonna give this he, like a six. six he had Rutgers as the number two team in the country last time he was there. Greg Schiano is wildly overrated. Huge, dude. If you have Rutgers in the top two, sing us a song. You're the Schiano man. Uh, it's just he's, he's a bad guy bad guy <laughs> you know what i'll take bad guys for wins that's that's what we I all are right now well how do you feel about our briles you know what if i went in <laughs> no, the don't natty say, don't say don't say don't say <laughs> we're gonna get canceled stop <laughs> dog everyone could be rehabilitated um, uh, not true. No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay. So, like, okay. So that's different. Art Browse was systematically letting people rape, you know, <laughs> women on campus. Like, I, I must be uneducated. Like, I don't think Graciano was allowing his players to rape people. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't just sitting there, like, like being like, "Yeah, go do it." No, I don't think he was. I think he was just like, <laughs> I think he knew what was going on and was just like not doing anything about it. Kind of like at Penn State, this is a whole different. Greg Schiano? A whole different. No, no, no. I'm talking about our Bryles. Oh, I was like Greg Schiano. That's not. I don't think that's the problem, is it? Whole different conversation. No, uh, Greg Schiano. I I just don't think it's that great of a hire. I understand that the last time Rutgers was good, he was their head coach. Uh, he was their head coach for a while too. Yeah, the, from 2001 to, like, I think 2011, I think. Yeah, something so, like that. So, I don't know. This move just kind of reminds me of, like, the Raiders hiring uh, John Gruden in a way. 
It's just it's they're they're trying to go back to something that uh, the Raiders look really good up until this weekend. I don't know, man. Uh, that, that's that we're not. This isn't a pro football podcast, Zach. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave. Anyway, that. we 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 definitely disagree on this one, but Arkansas a ten? No, no, no. Hold on, no, we're not done with this. A ten? <laughs> How a ten? Dude, that because there, there's no room for growth. That means that's the best coaching hire of all time. If you give that a ten, not of all time, just oh, of right why, now. Okay, then what's higher than a ten? Nothing's higher than a ten. It's the best coaching. <laughs> well, it's, the, it's the best. It's the best coaching hire that Rutgers could have done. I'm not grading them on an Alabama scale or a Florida State scale. It is Rutgers, Brandon. So there's nowhere they could have improved. You don't. You don't. Think- they, they did improve. Are you telling me Greg Schiano's not an upgrade? No, I, I know he's an upgrade, but like okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm trying to. Who, I'm, no, this is this is. We're not talking about. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the scale system. I think that your system is broken. <laughs> you giving them a ten on that hire is bananas. Yes, I think if they would have hired Nick Saban, that's a ten. But Greg Schiano, six one. They're, Nick Saban is not even considering Rutgers, bro. No, he, would he is never, the best but that coach. Would be a ten. Uh, He's the best coach that they could have hired that would consider them. So that is a ten on like on for Rutgers. What are are you are you some kind of Rutgers insider? Do you know this to be a fact? I know I know for a fact that Nick Saban is going to Rutgers. No, I just think they could have. I mean, there is who, who are in, you in hiring that's universe, better? In some universe, there is a coach that that a coaching hire that is better than uh, than Shiano. I'm just that's oh my oh. god. Okay. Anyway, next goes Arkansas. Fire Chad Morris, four and eighteen in less than two seasons. Yeah, uh, I, I think Lane Kiffin already interviewed, and I think so did Mike Leach, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so when um, Lane Kiffin accepts this, that that'll be like a, that'll be like a nine two in my book. Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll go with that. What is the job rating though? Uh, Arkansas. That's like uh, that's like a. Yeah, like a three-one. I mean, you're still in the SEC, but you're Arkansas. So, I did five. I'll give it a five. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, I sure. think I think it's possible. I think you're well, one. You're in the SEC. Well, but you know, the the thing that's keeping me from making a hire is that you're in the SEC West. That's always difficult. Yeah. Well, we we kind of skipped over this, I guess, because they already hired a coach, and I don't want to like re reignite an old flame. Like we just like I don't want to start a new argument. What was what was your rating for the uh, Rutgers job? What would you give that? The job itself? Yeah. Probably a four, three. Really? That's like a negative one to me. I just wouldn't – I wouldn't come near it. Wouldn't touch it with a 40-foot well, it, pole. It, it's in the Big Ten, man. I mean, you get a few recruits in there. You can beat barely, Illinois every year. Barely in the Big Ten. No one wants you there. Yeah, but that's because they suck right now. That's why they hired Greg Schiano to make them better, Brandon. That's like saying Vanderbilt is in the SEC. Like, yeah, sure, but really, are they? Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I just, I, I think Arkansas has potential. I mean, we saw um, what uh, Petrino go there yeah, and good you know guy, turn the. Act. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> We're learning here that sometimes crappy people can be really good coaches. That is the premise of this right now. <laughs> okay. But I give it a five. I mean, they can't really go down from a four and eight, 18 record under Chad Morris. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely upward potential there, in my opinion. Okay. You know, and so next is Boston College. Uh, Steve 
um, Adazio, I don't know how to say his last name. He went 507 seasons, 44 and 44. And, you know, he had Boston College competitive back in the day, kind of, you know, been sputtering lately. I give this job a seven. Yeah, Boston College is a good job to have. Um, the opening for me, how much it appeals, like if I'm a, if I'm a college football coach right now, um, this is tough because I want to give it a high rating because it's in the ACC and the ACC other than Clemson, it's so wide open right now. So if you make a great coaching hire, there's a serious possibility that you're going to do pretty well in your own conference. At the same time, it's Boston college. Um, And historically, yeah, that's kind of good. But as I mean, since we've been alive, when when has Boston College had in like a really great team? Uh, yeah, great's a stretch. I mean, that has, they've had some good teams, but yeah, I'm gonna give this. You know, I'm gonna give the attractiveness a. Uh, would you give it a seven? Yeah, I'll go for like like a five five six. Okay, I'll take like, that. I'm only giving it that though because it's in the ACC and that's so wide open. So I agree. That's why I'm on so high. I mean. Uh, ACC jobs are, should be a hot commodity. Yeah, yeah. You know, coming up. But next we have Ole Miss firing my, uh, Matt Luke, 15 and 21 in three seasons. Just a tragic I give scene. this job a – yeah, I give this job a six. Uh, um, I, I think it could be higher, but in the SEC West, you have Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida poaching from your state every year, and LSU uh, – it's going to be tough to recruit without paying players. Ask you freeze. I think this job's a six at most. It, how how much longer does Ole Miss um, have like their ban on bowl games or whatever? I think I think another year. Yeah, I'm gonna because it's only one more year. If that's correct, if it's only one more year, I'm gonna give this attractiveness a, a, a four point nine. It's very close to five, not quite, <laughs> um, because it's still. I mean. This program's going to suffer for years. Uh, even after they are bowl eligible, players aren't going to really want to come to this program because uh, they've already been busted once. Um, there's, the NCAA probably is going to keep a very close eye on this program. Uh, if they are still paying players, then it's going to get caught very quickly, and there's going to be another uh, – there might be a death penalty, really. Like, if they get caught again, probably. just done for. So Yeah, honestly. Uh, I mean, that's what they did to SME, man. I mean, they were like, hey, second or third time, I guess that's a wrap. Yeah, but I already gave my rating, so I'm not going to go back on it. But with the talk of their players or most of their players wanting to transfer right now, not great because you're going to be starting from yeah. absolutely nothing. You're just going to go in to the players that were probably not good enough to leave or to transfer out. Um and you're going to have them, and then you're going to have to recruit all new players. So unless you are just the greatest recruiter in the country, this job just not great appeal. No, definitely not. And so we go to the SEC East with Missouri firing Barry Odom, 25 and 25 in four seasons. I actually really like the potential of this job. I give it a seven, and I yeah. thought about going higher. You know, you're in the SEC East. You have Georgia and Florida. That's about – it you know and Florida hasn't has proved himself the last two years but you know can Dan Mullen keep it up I think he can but who knows is stuff happens and you know is Kirby Smart going to stay at Georgia forever I don't know but he has them rolling but 
Missouri has some potential. I mean, we saw them their first two or three years in the SEC go to the SEC championship. Yeah. I think they can recruit good. They're they're surrounded by they they can pull from Big Twelve, Big Ten, and SEC country based off location. I think Missouri is a sneaky, sneaky good job for someone. I do too, and. I'm going to go ahead and go a little bit higher than you here. I'm going with a seven, seven. That's, those are two good numbers. Um, I, I mean, like you said, location is everything. Uh, being able to recruit in all of those uh, places. Fantastic. And not only that, but there, then there's name recognition. Um, and if you're our age, if you're college age going, I mean, just showing up and you hear the name Missouri, it doesn't matter if they've been 500 of the past, what, four seasons. doesn't matter. That name recognition is one of those like names that lives in the back of your head, and you're like, yeah, Missouri's pretty good. So if you get an offer from Missouri and that's the best offer you have or that's close to one of the best offers you have, if I'm a recruit, I'm going to Missouri. You know, If I get, if I get offers from like Missouri, Arkansas, Purdue, Northwestern, I'm going to Missouri. Uh, there's no yeah. doubt. So, I agree. Uh, I think – I think this is a quiet, sneaky job, and I think I think you know if they if they poach a Mike Leach or someone, then this team could be dangerous in a few years. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and in this Missouri, I mean the AD, I mean they wouldn't have made the decision to fire Barry Odom, going five hundred over the past four seasons if they didn't know they could do better. I think so. Uh, this has been a team that historically has been very uh, has been pretty successful. Uh, and with the right head coach, they, I mean, they seriously have shots at the SEC championship year in, year out. Yeah, no doubt. So we're going to do four really quick, funny ones. We don't, I know we're not going to have big opinions on these, but they did fire their coach in this New Mexico firing Bob <laughs> Davey after eight seasons. Brandon, what do you give this job? Yeah, Bob Davey, uh, great coach. I uh, can't believe they fired him. Uh, I mean, one of the greatest coaches of our lifetime. Um, uh, what You couldn't pay me enough money to move to New Mexico, so I'm going to give like a 2-3. Like, shout out Jordan. I said a, I said a straight 2. I'm yeah. not going to New Mexico to just be out. Come on, man. And then UNLV um, fired their coach. I give this a 1. Are you – like – you know who? What parent is going to let their kid come play in Las Vegas? Stop yeah. it! I'm going to give this a nine six because it's Las Vegas. Um, pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, you have a lot of after practice activities, uh, after game activities. Uh, take your team out, um, have a little bit of fun on the strip. And I, you know, I mean, if I'm a player, I get. I mean, you could give me offers to Alabama, Ole Miss, uh, LSU, Auburn. I mean, just take your pick. I'm going UNLV uh, because of the potential there for me to have a good time. Uh, and then University of Texas at San Antonio UTSA. fired their coach Frank Wilson. I say a three. Uh, You're still in Texas. You're still in Texas. Even fair. the bad players are decent. Yeah, but come on. I mean, it's it's, it's UTSA. Um, I mean, these are players that were basically not good enough to go to Texas. BY. I mean. Not BYU, Baylor, um, TCU, uh, even Houston. So even UTEP. I mean, you. I mean, you're you going to UTSA. You're not good enough to go to UTEP. So uh, uh, one one point eight. <laughs> one more. Old Dominion firing their coach Bobby Wilder. He actually went seventy seven and fifty six. Not terrible for Old Dominion. Old, Old Dominion's been pretty good ever since they've been in the uh, conference. And USA. I gave it 
I gave it an eight. Really? Dude, okay. How really and truly high are the expectations at Old Dominion? Uh, low. Well, uh, actually, I take it back. <laughs> Pretty high, apparently, if they're firing their 77 <laughs> and 55 head coach. I don't know. He might have stepped down, but you know, you never know nowadays. The, the wording matters. But, I mean, we saw them beat Virginia Tech and Virginia recently. I mean, and those teams just played to go to the ACC championship. So, apparently, you have a good – you know, pool of talent. So Old Dominion's got some potential. You're not winning natties, but, you know, go to a few bowl games and they might build you a statue. I want to say that Old Dominion went to the CUSA championship game last year. I'm not positive about it. I think they did too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's, it's kind of a cool location. I mean, it, what, you're, you're in Virginia. Um, I think Virginia has pretty good high school football. So you're, you've got a pretty good pool to recruit out of. I'm going to go ahead and give this one uh, – I'm going to go ahead and wrap up our coaching carousel by giving this by giving this coaching opportunity a 6.9. Nice. Um, I, I fire. And, uh, well, those are just the BS ones. We got, I saved our two best for last. I know you're going to have opinions on both of these. Oh, go ahead. Got two more big schools, South Florida firing Charlie Strong. Love it. <laughs> get, out of, uh, get out of here, Charlie Strong. That's what I'm saying. I, and who called this at the beginning of the year? I think he was, what, on my hot seat? I'm pretty like, sure two? before – uh, before their first game, when they got smacked by Wisconsin, you were sitting there like, yeah, a lot of people don't believe in Charlie Strong. I think I still believe in him. And then immediately after he got smacked, you were like, yeah, actually, probably fire Charlie Strong. <laughs> <laughs> I have quick, swift opinions, Brandon. But I give this job a seven. South Florida, um, man, that's – that's you're, that's you're working in Florida in the Tampa area. Um, in South You Florida, should have talent. It's another one of those schools, though, like Missouri, that just has name recognition. Like South Florida, I don't know how, but for in my in the back of my mind, I'm like South Florida. They're pretty good, so I don't know. Um, uh, uh, Five point eight, pretty good. Dang, who do you think they get? Who do you think they target? Uh, they probably try to go after Lane Kiffin. Um, they won't get him. They'll probably try to go after. I mean, I mean the big ones. I mean, they're going to go after Lane Kevin. They're probably going to try to go after Mike Leach. They're not going to get him either because they're not going to a. Uh, they're not. They're not going to the AAC. They're not going from, um, from Power Five to Group of Five because they can. Well, actually, I take Lane Kevin's in the Group of Five, so. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, you know, you know, barring what happened, I guess today when USC doubled down on Clay Helton, I would have said Clay Helton, but uh, apparently he's Dude, got a spot for life. How wild would it have been? Like, it's not going to happen. Just Urban Meyer was like, "Screw it, my biggest challenge at South Florida." I mean, I'm not, I'm not about to put Lane Kiffin and uh, Urban Meyer on the same plane because they're miles apart. But it, you know, when Lane Kiffin took the job with with uh, with FAU. I mean, my mind was like, why? Why would you go to FAU out of anywhere? That's true. And then finally, last job. We kind of hinted at this uh, last episode. Washington, Chris Peterson stepping down to take an advisory role, 54 and 26. Amazing. I mean, he he was a hell of a coach everywhere he's been. Dude, he went to the playoff. Yeah. Uh, I I, I know. (laughs) Pretty pretty good, right? And yeah, Boise State. Yeah, and like Boise State was pretty good while he was there. If you don't remember when they beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, yeah, pretty good. Uh, they hired Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator. Um, 
a young up-and-coming coach. I don't know how much you guys know about him. I'd suggest, I suggest the last episode to do some research on him. He has a lot of potential. I give his hire a nine. Listen, Zach, I don't, you know I don't listen to you, and so you know I didn't do research on this. Uh, just based off of name alone, um, I'm going to give this like a, like a, like a 1.3. A 1.3, bro. Me, are you, you serious? Say, you say his name is Chris Lake? No, Jimmy Lake. Yeah, you see how fast I forgot that? That's a 1-3. Uh, Dog, he's Jimmy. young. No, he's you, can't passionate. An, you can't be an adult man named Jimmy, and that, I'm not even going to back down from that. Like, if you're one of our listeners named Jimmy, like, turn this off. <laughs> okay, well, well, that is uh, the coaching carousel. Um, we'll probably do this once or twice a week, depending on how fast coaches get hired or fired. We will update you guys on all these jobs. So uh, we'll keep you guys informed on this because uh, silly season is coming, and I think it's going to be in full effect after bowl season. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and move on from – that was a pretty fun segment. So let's go ahead and move on from that to dead to me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put mine in the graveyard first. We already talked about him. Charlie Strong, you're in the graveyard. And you want to know why you're dead to me? Because you're never getting uh, another decent head coaching job ever. You're done for. I mean, you, you got fired from South Florida after you left Texas. I mean, you're the reason that we say horns down. You ruined that for us. So, uh, you're done for, dead, put it on a tombstone, do what you need to do, um, whatever. Just you're you're done for. You're dead. You know what's you know what's even better? He it was it's the South Florida Bulls, so we can still do horns down in honor of his firing. He is really good at that, huh? He yeah, really, I, he's I mean, gonna go coach the Bulls next. <laughs> like Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna end up at Buffalo. He'll be the Buffalo Bulls head coach. Oh God. But I agree with that. Uh, Charlie Strong was a huge disappointment. As you guys know, on, my, on the first episode ever, I was real high on Charlie Strong and this team. He, And then, real quickly, I was very down on them. So, yeah. Um, so, dead to me, Brandon will probably love this one. Are rivalry week upsets? Oh, they're dead to you. They are dead to me. Dude, we went through a whole week. You know, this was be the best week of college football. Not one huge upset really happened. I mean, I'd venture to say Auburn over Alabama was a pretty good upset. Auburn, uh, number 15 Auburn with three losses to top seven teams. Against number playing, five Alabama, play, yeah, pretty good. Play, play, playing at home against Bama's backup quarterback, that's not a huge upset. That might be an upset, but they were a three-point favorite. It, it's going to keep Bama out of the playoffs. For the okay, first that's time fine. Ever. That's fine. That's just that's just a consolation prize. I'm talking about a real upset, Appalachian State, Michigan type they upset, they Brandon. Play, they won't no because we don't get any of those during up during rivalry week. Dog, the all, everyone up in the rankings just dominated. There was no like, oh my god, can you believe that Georgia almost lost to Georgia Tech? Clemson almost lost to South Carolina. LSU almost lost to Texas A&M. Michigan was even competitive against Ohio State. Everyone just walked through everybody. That's not the football we grew up to love. I still love it. Uh, who wanted chaos? Who been, wanted chaos? I did. And you know what? The football gods got greedy, and somebody, for the love of God, better get upset this weekend. 
And hopefully the football gods were just saving their best for last and offer us a whole heap of chaos this weekend. So watch out Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU. I hope all hell breaks loose and everybody gets upset. And they, don't, they just canceled the playoffs this year. <laughs> They're like, you know, like, no one deserves it. <laughs> no more playoffs. Um, ooh, I, I just thought of something. And I, may, I might should save it for tomorrow. I'm going to save it for tomorrow. I've got a really big thing to talk about tomorrow, guys. So, Zach. Write it down so, so, so your brain does not forget it. My brain's kind of dumb, but I'll write that it down. Facts. Yeah, I've got a consolation um, to dead to me. And they're also dead to me, but not as dead to me as Charlie Strong. Uh, I've just got the state of Mississippi. Um, I'm from Mississippi. Uh, I, I kind of love it, but they're dead to me right now. Um, they, you know, they might resurrect, do what they need to do. But right now, the state of Mississippi, and in particular Ole Miss, because just the past week for you guys, pretty tough. It's been a pretty tough week. Uh, Elijah Moore doing celebration, not great. Uh, your head coach being fired and hearing about it from recruit, not great. Um, so, well, you know, thoughts and prayers to the state of Mississippi right now. They're in shambles. They need it. That They needed to be buried. Yeah, and, and Mississippi State, you're not loose. I mean, you're not – yeah. I'm not going to let you go so easily. Uh, those uniforms that you wore this week again in the Egg Bowl with the gold helmets, where you couldn't see, where you couldn't read what was on the helmet, trash. That's why you're dead to me. And Southern Miss, there you, go. you lost to FAU. So pretty good team, but uh, you lost to them. So dead to me. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Uh, anyway, so that is our episode today. Um, uh, pretty good one. You know, pretty short, uh, you know, three episodes a week. We can't really uh, go super long or no one will listen. Uh, but thank you to everybody who did listen. Uh, Zach's going to play our social media tomorrow. So tune in. Uh, other than that, we're out.